Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, it's going to be mostly a news episode. There's been still a decent amount of news coming out over the past week since I last did a pod, so just going to kind of hop on and talk about some roster news, the CDL versus Warzone news, um, some trading card news for the CDL, a bunch of stuff kind of went on this week. Nothing crazy in terms of like roster rumors, more confirmed stuff, so just going to be going over all that news, keeping it a little shorter today. As we know, we get into the off season as we're waiting for the new game, especially it gets a little bit slow so going to be a shorter episode today just talking about news if you guys enjoy this one be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe if you're on youtube and drop a follow drop a five-star review on the audio platforms if you're able um the support like i always say has been crazy lately so if you guys could keep that up i'd really appreciate it i know we're getting into the slow months of the cdl time and of the podcast because um well i mean we're kind of past that initial wave of roster mania things are kind of settling down and we're obviously still waiting for the new game so things are kind of dying out it's the slowest time of year for us so if you guys could continue the support, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, we've hopefully got some new stuff coming soon, just kind of waiting for some things to get set up and the ball to get rolling on some things. But waiting on that Vanguard tier list of all the players, I think we might be able to do it next week. Um, you guys will see what I mean when we get there, but we're just waiting on the ball to get rolling with a couple things, and then we'll be able to do that once that gets rolling. I'm hoping next week. If not, it should be the week after that um, at the latest. But you guys will understand when everything gets um, put in place. But looking forward to that. And I'm just going to dive right into the news. Um, kind of made a little list here because there was a lot to talk about. I didn't want to miss anything. First thing, probably the hottest topic in the in the Call of Duty community, not just the CDL community, not just Call of Duty as a whole, but really overall, probably the hottest topic there is right now, the Warzone versus CDL pros thing. Um, I really actually don't have that much time I want to spend on it uh, because I think it's kind of a dumb argument. Like the idea is like, would one be more successful? I mean, obviously if CDL pros get dropped into a lobby right now with Warzone, um, pros or competitive Warzone players because it's kind of hard to define what a pro is in Warzone. Um, but if they get dropped into a, a lobby with um, competitive Warzone players, they're probably not going to win. I mean, you obviously see Scump win like the solo Warzone, but that, I mean, it's a lot easier for a CDL pro with the mechanical skills to go in and drop in and uh, and win that because, I mean, let's face it, uh, Warzone is more RNG than like say a CDL matches. So like with the gun skill they have, they could go in and win like Scump did. But like in general, if you drop a Call of Duty Pro into Warzone with no practice, the people that are way more experienced in Warzone are going to win, and vice versa. If you drop these Warzone um, competitive players, Warzone pros, into a CDL match, uh, match versus CDL team, they're going to get smoked. Um, that's not saying, like, if one practiced the other way, they couldn't do it. I mean, my general thought is kind of like if you gave each of them a year to practice at it, I think that the CDL pros would have more success in Warzone than Warzone pros would have with a year of practice going into the CDL. Um, but that's just me. I could be wrong. And now we've seen these 1v1s happen, which like I was listening to the Optic podcast today and I heard Scum talking and Formal talking about how like 1v1 radars on um, shows like nothing of your skill. And I couldn't agree more with that actually. Like I think the whole 1v1 notion thing, especially with a radar on when you can just stare at your top left the whole time and just whoever has more patience and can predict a pre-fire better is going to win. Like it really has nothing to do with actual, um, especially like hard point um, skill in the CDL. Like you don't have to predict any spawns. You don't really have to do any like rotations. You don't have to um, predict where people are going to be in spots and hold power positions and influence spawns. And it's just completely random 1v1s. It's like the analogy I always think of is in like basketball. Um especially with not as skilled players, obviously like NBA players, this might not apply, but if you're just playing your buddy and you're six foot five and your buddy is five foot two, um, your buddy might pound for pound be a better basketball player than you. But like, if you're over, like if you're like a foot, foot and a half taller than him, like 
odds are you're going to beat him if you're both just average basketball players because you're just going to go into the paint and just score on him. And he's not going to be able to do anything just because he's shorter. Um, so just like in basketball, 1v1s really mean nothing. Um, to be honest, in Call of Duty, 1v1s really mean nothing. Now, that being said, um, Biffle, like I haven't seen too much of the 1v1s, but I did see Biffle. I already know Aiden's disgusting. I mean, the guy was insane at Fortnite on a controller where everybody else is building crazy things with their keyboard and mouse. Aiden was insane on uh, on controller and Fortnite and competitive Fortnite. So we know Aiden's insane. Uh, I actually didn't know that much about Biffle because if you guys know or you listen to the podcast, I am not a Warzone fan at all. I don't like playing it. I don't like watching it. It's just not my thing. I'm pretty much all like pubs Call of Duty, um, obviously, especially competitive Call of Duty, like ranked play. That's all my thing. I just... Warzone, if you like it, cool. Just not my thing at all. Not a Warzone fan to watch or play or anything. So I don't really know much about Biffle. I obviously have heard his name stuff, and I know he was a good Warzone player and stuff. And then I watched him, and I was like, man, this guy's got some skill. Like, he played Shotzi, beat him back-to-back uh, speedball MW maps. I didn't really see much of those maps, but, like, from the clips I saw, he was playing, like, a 3v3 hardpoint, two against, like, Sib and... Was it like Sib, Asim, and Shotzi? Or I don't know who it was exactly. I can't remember, but I saw that clip and he was like centering like crazy and Zumo was freaking out. And I was like, this guy's got some skill. Like that's one guy I feel like if he practiced a lot, just with the centering ability has uh, he has, if he was just able to understand the game, he's like a guy that could make the switch. And there's going to be select few um, Warzone pros that you could make the switch. But I also heard them on, you know, the Optic Podcast making the point of uh, a lot of these Warzone players or Warzone pros are guys like Apathy and TP and Tommy and Rated and guys who were pros and then, you know, for whatever reason, either decided to retire or, like, weren't having success anymore and were forced to retire and they go play Warzone and then they dominate or Merc and those guys. Um, like, they're guys that were pros and were kind of going towards the bottom of the league or um, maybe weren't bad but weren't at the top anymore and they go to Warzone they dominate. I do think in general, like any CDL pro that decided to put their time into Warzone would probably dominate and it would not go the other way. I think there's a lot more of a, a select few Warzone players that could potentially translate to the CDL. Not saying they couldn't, but um, overall, I think the argument is kind of dumb because they're two separate things. Uh, the people that are nasty at Warzone and win a lot of money playing it are disgusting at Warzone in their own respect and deserve their respect. And the people in the CDL don't deserve to be slandered because it's a hard spot to get in. There's only, what, 48 players in the world that are in the CDL as starters, and um, that's a hard spot to get in as well. So I think equally they both deserve their respect, and I, I honestly think the debate's kind of dumb, but I think it's great for content. And I think it's good to have people talking about Call of Duty, and I would not mind if they continue to do it because it helps out Call of Duty. Um, and the CDL and Warzone, respectively, to have all this buzz going on around it, um, especially with the popularity of Warzone um, pretty much year-round. And, you know, the CDL at this point of the year is kind of in, in a lull for its popularity. Moving on from that, though, um, Upper Deck, I don't know if they officially announced it, but it was, like, basically, like, leaked or it's, like, on some um, trading card websites like Midwest Sports Card and stuff or Steel City Collectibles. Um, that Upper Deck and the CDL uh, are partnering to release their first ever trading cards for the 2021 season that they're based on. So this uh, the Cold War season of the CDL. And apparently they're coming in the winter of 2022. So that would be, you know, in the next three, four months. Uh, if it's the winter of 2022, that'd be obviously probably around Christmas time or something. So that's only about three and a half, four months away. Um, if you guys don't know this, I don't really know if I've ever talked about this on the channel much, but I'm a huge trading cards guy. I grew up collecting sports cards with my dad and uh, my cousins and stuff, and it was something that we love to do, you know, football cards and basketball cards mostly, maybe a little bit of baseball cards, definitely some Pokemon when I was younger. I was big into that. So trading cards have always been something I've been very interested in, and obviously over the last three years, um, that's something that's blown up, and I've really 
kind of been an investor in a lot of trading cards and stuff and got a decent little collection myself, um, mostly of football cards, um, some basketball mix in there, but I kind of invest and I sell and I trade sports cards and memorabilia. That's like another one of my main hobbies. Like I'd say CDL and like esports, and then that are like hobbies one and two for me. Um, two things that I really, really love to do on the side in my free time. So I'm super excited for these. I'm definitely going to be grabbing a couple boxes. If that's something you'd like to see, maybe open on the channel. If I can get a hold of them, that'd be definitely something I'd be down to do. Um, maybe going to see if my friends, I saw the cases were up on uh, Steel City. I think it was like a, was it a 10 box case it was up for like $950, which in terms of like compared to sports cards, that's roughly, you know, a little less than a hundred dollars a box. If it was 10, if I remember correctly. So not expensive compared to what sports cards are for a hobby box. And it was like a mem. Uh, memorabilia card which i'm assuming for a cow to be like a piece of a jersey or something that the players would wear um and then two autographs and there can be like triple autos and stuff the pictures look sweet they were on cdl intel if you guys want to go look at them but it's like essentially a trading card box for call of duty the only sucky thing about it is it is based on the cold war season so like max in a subliners jersey and the one i saw and um crim is in an empire jersey and then you've got like envoy in an optic jersey so that kind of stinks that they're maybe not in the correct jerseys for where they were and it kind of sucks that they're coming out for the Cold War season already post Vanguard and probably after MW2 will already be released. So that kind of stinks that that's the case. But either way, I'm a huge trading card guy and I cannot wait for these. I'll hopefully be able to get my hands on a couple boxes and crack a few open and hopefully have some cool stuff to collect. So I'm really excited for those and really excited for the future. If they continue to release those yearly, I'll be super, super excited. Uh, now getting into some news, some of this might be a little old because like I said, I just want to cover everything that had happened in the last week since the last podcast was recorded. So some of this is, I mean, six, seven days old, but I just wanted to give my quick thoughts and everything that had happened. Um, Paul X said that the Ravens and Legion were really the only teams interested in him. That is unfortunate for him because I feel like he's kind of gotten a tough draw. Like he gets thrown onto the Ravens in Cold War, performs really well, but then doesn't get a spot in, uh, in Vanguard. And then obviously he fills in on Ravens for a little bit there when Gizmo was out for a bit and he looks really good, gets signed by subliners full-time, obviously helps lead them to that crazy turnaround and they make champs. And now it's looking like it's going to be tough for him to make the league unless he wants to join Ravens or Legion. And who knows if he does, um, the fit on Legion would be a little bit weird with temp there. Cause obviously they're both more flex players. One of them certainly could be a main, but then they'd have to get pretty, uh, solid, pairing of smgs to go with those two if they were together um and then who knows what the roster with ravens is looking like we've seen some rumors and i don't believe either of them included him maybe the paris one did i can't remember um but yeah paul only drawing interest from those two teams apparently uh, lag officially announced their roster obviously with rcd spartan neptune and hook um and rcds and spart were on brand new three-year deals uh, that was something new this year to the cdl it used to be you could sign like a one-year deal or you could sign a one plus one with a team option and now uh, it was announced that those two RCs and Spart signed brand new three-year deals. I don't know if that's a two plus one. I can't remember, but pretty wild. A three-year deal for Call of Duty is insane because, like, I always mention it when you think about teams that have stayed together the longest, apart from, like, the Mind Freak Australian team. Like, the Optic Dynasty was together partway through AW, um, and then they broke up partway through World War II champs or World War II season. So that would mean, like, you count the half year for World War II and the half year is AW as one, and then... Um, a full year of Black Ops 3, a full year of IW. That means like the Optic Dynasty roster, um, not talking when Nate Shot was included, we're talk talking strictly the the formal Krim, Scump, and Karma roster. That roster was together for about three years in total, uh, give or take. And now these guys have signed three-year deals. So like the most historic team together that, I don't know, at least in my lifetime feels like they were together the longest, um, lasted three years about. 
And now these two are signed to three-year deals. Like that's wild to think about. Three years is a long time in Call of Duty in terms of roster life. So the fact that these two are locked up for that long just seems crazy to me. But they're two very talented players. So hopefully it works out for them. Like I said with this team when the rumor was announced, it's not a super like overwhelmingly exciting team to me. I think, you know, a guy like RC's two-time world champ is a very steady AR, and I think he's going to bring a good steady presence to this team and some winning mentality. Uh, I think Spart is a good, talented young player. Obviously, we saw him win an MVP at the, the event that I attended in Major 2. Like, we know he has crazy talent. And I do believe Neptune and Hook have potential as a sub-duo. I think they play the game more route man-based and more methodical, um, and they could be a good duo together if they run together. Uh, and I see the potential on this team because there are four players that have a high skill ceiling, but it's just not like a... A super exciting ceiling because I could also see this team just kind of always staying around that top six maybe going to top four at some points maybe dropping a little lower like they kind of seem like a middle of the pack team but I do think they have potential so I'm pretty excited to see this team overall because it's a bunch of players that we don't have high ceilings it's just a matter of can they all hit form and if they all do hit form at the same time I do believe that they could be a pretty darn good team uh phase in turn with that roster kind of uh that roster move and related to that announced that slasher is in there now this roster i i really like i like it more than the lag one i mean it's hard not to it's basically just a one-for-one -one swap between these two teams and obviously we already knew phase was the better team over lag especially last year even though lag did get the best of them in a final but um phase plug in slasher for rcs and they keep the same core three of selium simp and abizi uh, the team should be unreal again. I expect them to be a top two and probably not two team for most of the year, probably number one. Um, it just all honestly matters how the team gels with Slasher as like the new leader and the new main AR. It's not a question of skill. Um, Skill-wise with Selium, Simp, and Ibiza, you could basically throw anybody out there at main AR and they'd probably be able to compete. Now, obviously, that's not a knock on Slasher because Slasher is very, very talented. Um, he's going to be able to keep up with those guys and... Um, as long as their play style fits together and they don't have too many arguments and they get along and game and everything and they can communicate well, this team should be right up there as the number one team in the game or, or top two, no worse than top three. Um, only thing that can ruin this team would be like a chemistry issue if they just don't get along well. But I feel like if there was ever a time for Slasher to, you know, get rid of the stigma that he doesn't get along with teammates, it would be this year because, man, how can you not swallow a little bit of your pride and, you know, try to work on yourself as a teammate when you get handed these three players like it's not like Slasher has had great years in the CDL. I mean, MW is kind of a struggle for him on OGLA. Cold War, he has that up and down year with these where he got benched at one point. And then this year, you know, they start the year a little rough. Uh, they have to sub somebody in, uh, being Spart for Gunless in Major 2. They win it, and then from there on, it was kind of a bad year overall for the team. So he really hasn't had great years, and now he gets thrown on the best team in the game with arguably the three best players or the, com uh, the best combination of three players there is in the world. And gets to be the man AR. So this feels kind of like a a good um, a good fortune thing for Slasher that he somehow ends up on this team um, despite struggling the last couple of years. Team success-wise, individually, he's been pretty good. But um, I think Slasher is absolutely disgusting. You guys all know I'm a big fan of him, and I'm really excited to see how this team does. Then the schedule for the majors or like the rough schedule of the majors was leaked. Um, it looks like the Pro-Am slash Major 1. So I believe this would maybe be for... Uh, CDL points considering it says it's major one slash pro-am unless they just worded it weird in the leak or something but it says that'll happen December 15th through the 18th so a lot quicker I believe the game launches like October 27th or 28th so that happens a lot quicker than it normally does then major two would be slotted in for February 2nd to the 5th major three March 9th to the 12th major four April 20th to the 23rd major five 
May 25th to the 28th, and then champs would be June 15th through the 18th. Something interesting here is the season starts a little earlier in December instead of like the normal February kickoff, or we get like a late January kickoff classic and then like a February 1st event or something. Instead, we're kicking off a couple months earlier in December, and then the season's ending in June instead of August. So I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the season ending earlier. I feel like you could add an extra major in there and like you could go December, February, March, April, May, have like a a june major and then like a late july champs or something like i feel like that could be a thing you could add an extra major in there and you know we're going to be playing a lot of regular season matches probably again um only thing i'm not a huge fan of is there's a pretty significant break between middle of december until february uh second for the the second major i'm assuming it's more of like a christmas new year's break which is fair i mean obviously the players are people too they need to go home see their families over the holidays and you know have a little time to chill and, and be humans not just always call of duty call of duty call of duty so i get that but um the break really sucked last year, so I hope that there's not like giant breaks all year this year. But overall, the schedule, I like that it's starting earlier. A little skeptical that it's ending so much earlier, but I get it. They don't want to make the players have to play forever. But at the same time, uh, maybe this means that we'll see a lot earlier start with the next season of CDL following the June 15th to 18th champs because obviously we know we're not getting a new title um following the first year of MW. It's going to be two years of Modern Warfare 2, so maybe that means we'll see like a startup again in like uh september or october and it'll go through june like we'll have a longer season two or something for a new format so i'm interested to see how that works because it'll be the first year that we play a title back to back in the cdl era and really ever i believe they did it in like cod four but that's that's so long ago there wasn't really an official like thought out format and everything so this will be the first time we see a, a call of duty title go back to back years which will be very interesting to see how that plays out um kind of some more roster stuff basically besides like a one piece of news um, for the rest of the podcast, not going to go too much longer here, really. But Sender is looking for new oppo- uh, opportunities for other coaching spots. Um, obviously, been with Huntsman slash Optic for the entirety of the CDL as a coach. This year, more of maybe an assistant coach or S and D coach for Optic as Rambo kind of seemed to take on more of the head coaching and overall coach duties. Uh, Sender seems like a valuable asset, though. Um, obviously, we don't know too much about coaches and what they do behind the scenes like we know for some teams like the general idea but there's a lot of things they do in practice you know with vibes of the team and you know setting things up that we probably don't know about but from all accounts it seems like sender's a very good call of duty mind i think he'd be a variable uh, a very valuable asset to pretty much any team he joins been around the scene forever so hopefully he's able to find a new opportunity because i do think he's a pretty good coach um and obviously coming from optic he's got some pull um in the community like he's a decently popular coach because of that and you know like i said been around forever so hopefully he finds his way uh onto another team uh i don't know if i missed rumors but i haven't seen anything up to this point about like where he could go one team that stuck out to me in my mind right away was lag because of his connection with arcides from uh the huntsman season where arcides was um with him as his coach so like maybe that'd be a potential because i know uh, LAG were looking for a new coach because they moved on from Bevels and then Ricky moved more into management. So maybe that's like the first opportunity that stuck out in my mind would be Sender to LAG, maybe to reunite with Arcides or something because I think they have a pretty good relationship. Um, then Minnesota also had a press conference and announced their team officially that is uh, Attach, Cami, Bance, and Afro, uh, three Europeans, and then Attach. Uh, in that press conference, the the main news I want to talk about, because we already talked about uh, the Rocker in that other episode I did with the roster rumors. You know how I feel. I think this team has a crazy high ceiling. It's four players that I love, and it's Minnesota, like the closest geographical team to where I'm from. Uh, so they're a team that I really like to root for. They're one of my favorite teams, just 
not only roster wise and how I think they'll do, but also just like on paper, like a team that I really want to root for next year. They held the press conference announcing their team. They said they won't host a major in year one of MW2, but are looking to potentially hold events for, uh, like live events for qualifier matches in surrounding states, like maybe get teams to fly in um, to like areas where they want to host like a live match for their qualifier match. They could do it on land. They could have a crowd and stuff. Um, and they may even want to go to surrounding states. They said like maybe have some in Minnesota, obviously, but then maybe go to like Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. Um, that's super cool to me. Cause like you guys know, I'm from Wisconsin. Um, and I would absolutely love to go to a call of duty event in Wisconsin, like in Milwaukee or Madison or one of the big cities. Like that would be absolutely crazy to me to be able to attend a call of duty. Even if it's just a single match to be able to attend a call of duty match in Wisconsin would be absolutely wild. And I would love that. Um, I also think it's something very smart uh, for Minnesota to do because if you guys know anything about sports in the Midwest, uh, growing up in Wisconsin, not a Packer fan, I'm a Colts fan, but people in Wisconsin are crazy diehard for the Packers and Brewers and Bucks and uh, any sport, and that's basically how I believe it is in the Midwest. I think Minnesota people love their Vikings, their Twins, um, their T-Wolves. I think obviously people in Illinois love their Bulls, they love their Bears. Iowa doesn't really have any pro sports teams that I can think of, um, but I'm sure they're diehard for their college uh, sports teams like Minnesota, Wisconsin, the Midwest in general love their sports teams. So I think that's a really good thing. If Minnesota can almost do like a traveling circus for their qualifier matches every once in a while, like go to a state surrounding in the area um, because really none of those surrounding states have teams in the CDL like Wisconsin doesn't, Illinois doesn't anymore, um, Iowa, like none of those teams or none of those states have teams surrounding, so they may not be as familiar. Um, and maybe like Minnesota's done with their great activation in their community. Like a lot of people that maybe weren't even Call of Duty fans are big rocker fans because they love Minnesota. And we saw that at Major 2 when I was there. I saw a bunch of people that, you know, said they didn't really watch Call of Duty or anything or weren't that interested. But when they heard Minnesota had a team, they got interested and they loved them. So I think this is a great idea for Minnesota to travel to surrounding states and maybe hold little mini events and maybe gain new fans and kind of create a little region in the Midwest before a team, you know, gets placed in Milwaukee or a team gets placed back in Chicago with expansion at some point. Like I think it's a great idea for Minnesota to take over those states in the surrounding area and be like, Hey guys, there's a call of duty team in Minnesota. There's nobody else nearby and maybe take, um, take those states and get a lot more new fans and grow that rocker fan base. I think that's a great idea. Uh, they also said, I think the team for the winter months in the early season, when it's freezing cold up here in the Minnesota, Wisconsin area, uh, they said that they're going to let the players live in like Dallas or Frisco or whatever, where most people live uh, in Texas. And then they'll come up uh, once it gets like halfway through the year, probably like April or something. And then they'll live in Minnesota for the rest of the year. when it's a little warmer. Uh, next piece of news methods apparently is sticking with Boston. It seems like Clay maybe was heading there or something, but he had mentioned some personal stuff got in the way from him really finding a team this week. I know he had talked about um, like the negative effects of like drug use and stuff on Twitter and like hug your loved ones. And he was saying a lot of stuff like that. So I don't exactly know what happened with Clay. I don't want to speculate what happened. Uh, that's obviously some pretty personal stuff. So hopefully everything is okay with Clay because um, you never like to hear people talking about stuff like that or maybe talking about like loss and stuff. He was talking about hug your family and stuff. And I agree with that sentiment. Go hug your family. Um, but I hope everything's okay with Clay. Obviously, I don't really want to spend any time on it because it's a personal thing. I don't know what happened. That's not a thing I would want to speculate on. You shouldn't want to speculate on stuff like that when it's something negative that maybe happened in his life. So only thing I'll say is I hope everything is okay with Clay. I really hope he's able to find a team. It's really sucky if um, he seemed like he was going to get on this team and then, like, you know, some personal stuff got in the way. Um, obviously, Methods also deserves a spot, and he played really well for Boston this year. So it sounds like Methods is back on the team. Hopefully, Clay is able to find his way into a team because we know what Clay brings and 
I am not ready to see Clay retire, but hopefully everything's okay in his personal life because it sounds like he was going through some stuff. So shout out to Clay. We're all thinking of you. Um, we all hope you get on a team. Uh, we all hope everything is okay in your personal life. Um, but yeah, sounds like Methods is apparently sticking with Boston, probably likely with Vivid, uh, Nero, and Big Wake. Sounds like the likely team. Uh, Crim's agent has apparently reached out to every single team, but nobody wants him is basically what uh, I saw on the CDL Intel clip. I mean, I think that there's a possibility this is true because, you know, Krim didn't have a great year individually last year. They ended up obviously qualifying for champs, but then all the drama happens with him on the flank and the subliners and Hydra, all that stuff. You know, it is Krim, so we kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. He could just be completely trolling because it is Krim and that would be something he'd do. But apparently, according to him, nobody wants him. Uh, Crowder is maybe not coaching phase next year on stream. Somebody asked him if he was going to coach it. He like very quickly said no, then like got up to go do something. Um, so apparently he's maybe not coaching, but then I believe like an owner or a GM over at phase was like, Hey Crowder, like if you're not coaching, that's news to me. You want to let me know or something? Cause like he was like tweeting that he hadn't heard. So maybe Crowder's out, maybe he's not. Um, obviously if he's done, that would be a pretty big blow for phase. Cause Crowder is viewed as one of the best coaches in the league, but um, would also be a very big plus if he's not, because I think Crowder is a very good coach that knows the game very well, but it's kind of some interesting news. We maybe think Crowder's future is up in the air. Uh, one more piece of like roster coach news, and then a little random thing I saw on Twitter that's kind of cool, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Marky e. B is exploring coaching options. Obviously, has been like the coach slash GM of Toronto, I believe, for the entirety of their existence as a franchise since MW to now. Um, I don't know if he's completely closed the door on Toronto, but it sounds like he's exploring options to go to other teams. Could be interesting potential to join Minnesota, but I don't think so because Brian Saint, I believe, still the head coach, and Looney is kind of an assistant, so they're already pretty loaded with two coaches. I believe they have an analyst as well, so I doubt he'd go there, but I thought maybe with the, the Bance uh, and Cami connection, he could maybe go there. But Marky B exploring his options. And then the last piece of news, I saw this on Twitter and thought it was super cool, kind of like the upper deck CDL cards, not necessarily like team or CDL based in terms of like going to the future, but um, Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers, obviously, if you guys don't know, you don't follow, they're a baseball team in the Major League Baseball MLB here in the U.S., and they're hosting an optic night. I believe it was like September 20th or something. That could be completely wrong. Don't quote me on that, but they're hosting an optic night. And Scump and Hex are throwing out the first pitch, which that's really cool. Like, if you guys aren't baseball fans, I know we got some EU listeners. Maybe you don't watch baseball at all. But, like, basically, they have a couple people usually go out or one person go out before the game. And they throw out, like, a first pitch. It's kind of like a signal, like, to start the game. And it's usually, like, a celebrity or, like, a, a local hero. Or um, they'll do it for, like, military people. Sometimes come out and throw a first pitch when they come back home. Uh, kind of just, like, a special little moment where you get to go out in the field and, you know, throw a first pitch. Everybody cheers you on. You get to maybe meet a couple players. It's just a cool experience. Uh it's usually reserved for a lot of times it's some big time celebrities will do it uh, for like opening day and stuff. And obviously this isn't an opening day, but Scump and Hex throwing out the first pitch at a, a major league sporting event. Major league baseball is pretty darn cool uh, for call of duty. And there's like a optic times Rangers, like optic X Rangers Jersey being given to every fan. They're having like an exclusive autograph section. So I'm sure some optic guys will be there. Um, so if you're in the area, that'd be pretty cool for you to go to. If you're a call of duty fan, and you like baseball, you like the Rangers, um, I wish it was kind of in my area because that's something super cool. Like a lot of times at the games I go to, like when they have like a all fan giveaway, it'll be like a t-shirt or something or like a something random, but, uh, giving out a full on Jersey, especially one that's, um, going to be pretty rare. Cause it's probably only going to ever be sold or given out at that game for like a esports and sports collectible as somebody that collects that kind of stuff. That's super cool. Um, and a Jersey, a full on Jersey is uh, a lot better to me. It seems than like any, 
uh, or most like all fan giveaways I've seen at professional sporting events here. And I've been to quite a bit. Um, so that's super cool optic and the Rangers partnering up for an optic night at the game. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, and if you're in the area, I would definitely encourage you to check it out. Even if you're not a baseball fan, because, um, that'll be super cool. If I was in the area, I would definitely be going. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one. Like I said, pretty much just a news episode. There hasn't been a ton going on. We have some plans to do the, the Vanguard player tier list overall. I know it's kind of late out of Vanguard giving us time to think, I guess you could say, but we have plans to maybe do that next week if we're able, if not, I would think by the week after that, it's not a, a me not wanting to do it thing. It's you guys will see when we get there, it's some moving parts and looking to do that in a couple weeks. But one thing is holding us back from being able to do that. And hopefully uh, it is resolved and it is all taken care of in a week or two and we can do that. But Otherwise, if not, I'll just be back next week with a normal episode talking about some news, maybe doing like a random off-season content piece like we sometimes do and I've done for the past couple years in the off-season going into Cold War and then going into Vanguard. But I greatly appreciate you guys watching. If you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and sub. We're on the road to 700 subs now. If you guys could drop a sub and help me get there, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you got to this point in the video, drop a comment down below on some of, the, uh, some of your thoughts on the news. I'd love to hear it. I always love to reply to your guys' comments and talk to you there. Um, if you guys are on the audio platforms and you enjoyed, be sure to drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. That's going to do it for this one, and I will see you guys in the next one next week. Thank you guys so much for watching.